It's always a privilege to welcome to MSU today Michigan State University President Samuel L. Stanley, Jr., M.D. President Stanley's one-year anniversary as president of MSU was on August 1st. This conversation is an opportunity to look back on the past year and look ahead to the 2020-21 academic year and beyond a bit at MSU. President Stanley, always good to talk with you. It's great to be with you, Russ, and thanks so much for having me. How would you describe your first year? Just reflect a bit. Wow. Um, it's been it's been amazing. And so I think um, the, the first thing I, I have to say is that the welcome I've had the support I've had from the campus community, um, from outside of our campus, um, from the board of trustees, um, from so many different constituents has been extraordinary. And people have really offered both their ideas uh, and their work effort um, to help me succeed and, of course, to help Michigan State University move forward. So I'm very grateful for that. Um, I also continue to be impressed um, by the Spartans and this whole concept of Spartans' will. Um, our ability to get things done and to be tenacious and resilient under the most difficult circumstances has really shown through and with multiple examples um, during my time at Michigan State University. So uh, from the point of view of feeling as though I'm working with people who are interested in making a difference, feeling as though we're willing to take on the challenges that face us and really work to continue to make the university better in every way we can, um, I feel very good. Uh, actually about this first year. There's certainly been more challenges than I could have anticipated. Uh, some things took place that I think I, I certainly neither me nor anyone else could have anticipated. This pandemic, of course, being the leading one, it's really unprecedented in how it's affected all of us. Um, but I think, again, um, I've been impressed by the university and how we've worked to, to get through it, as well as our alumni and all of our other supporters and how they've stuck with us. So I think that's probably the most vivid impression I have of the time. Um, but just getting to know Michigan State University has been great. Getting to know the people of Michigan State University specifically um, and the wide variety of people we have, the great diversity of our students, faculty, and staff, uh, all of which, again, has made uh, my first year, I think, very memorable. And you've touched on a lot of it there, sir, already. But what would you say was the best thing about your first year at the helm of MSU? I, I still uh, can't get over how fast we were able to uh, execute the switch from pretty much almost mainly in-person learning to remote learning. Um, that was a challenge, a logistical challenge, a philosophical challenge. Uh, it really required people to think about many of our faculty and staff to think about education and teaching in a way they hadn't before. Uh, and yet they did it. And we did it in a very, very short time frame. Um, and I think our students really benefited. So they were patient um, because it wasn't always perfect, um, but they really stuck with us. And I think we ended up with IC as a pretty darn successful um, semester um, from a very, very uh, risky um, position. So that work was, was really impressive. And that's probably the thing that's, that stuck with me the most. And, you know, sir, we've learned a great deal about the coronavirus since classes moved to remote learning last March. How will the campus be different this fall? So it's a great, a great question, Russ, and, and there's so many different ways. But I think the, the key thing is, as we looked at coming back for the fall, we wanted to give people options. We basically wanted to provide options. We knew from some of our students 
that they had trouble learning online. There might be issues around internet. There might be just the way in which online courses are delivered that they found problematic. And many of them were asking and hoping for the opportunity to come back on campus. We had a number of students who had laboratories, which they could not really do effectively online. They wanted to come back as well. And then we had students in the creative arts, for example, um, who again, music and other areas, disciplines where remote learning really wasn't giving them what they needed. So we had demands from students essentially to come back. And at the same time, that was paralleled by many of our faculty who again felt as though while they enjoyed remote teaching or at least had been able to do remote teaching, they felt that in-person was more important. So listening to that, we wanted the opportunity to bring students back. At the same time, safety has always been our paramount component. So what we've tried to do is create an environment where we could offer in-person classes safely, um, that turns out to be mostly just small classes. That turns out to be the specialized kind of laboratories I've talked about. That turn, turns out to be teaching in the creative arts and so on. So that represents about 25, roughly, let's say, percent of the classes we're offering uh, are fully in person. The remainder of our classes, most of them are going to be online slash remote close. Uh, courses. And that's because there's a lot of those classes, large classes, Psychology 101, Calculus 101, um, that by definition would be very difficult to teach uh, in person safely with COVID virus uh, where it is now. So even with masks and social distancing, we don't really have classroom space and it really wouldn't be feasible. So those classes are mostly online. Some of those classes will have recitation components that are in person, so creating a so-called hybrid class. So you would have some in-person experience, and so that's represents part of our classes as well. Uh, but most of the classes during this semester will be taught online. Um, around the campus, we're really emphasizing everybody's responsibility to take care of themselves and others. And that's really critical. I think the most important part of dealing with COVID-19, and I think what, what we've learned and what I've learned, is that you have to work on the assumption, because there's such a high risk of asymptomatic infection, that everybody you encounter is potentially infected with COVID-19, and you're potentially infected with COVID-19. So that's why we encourage everybody to wear a mask because you don't know who you're encountering, whether they might be infected, and you don't know whether you might be infected and capable of spreading to others. And so for that reason, mask wearing is really the cornerstone of what we're going to be doing. And we've really asked people to do it, whether they're inside, uh, anytime they're in inside space, other than alone in an office or a dorm room, uh, or with your roommate in a dorm room, or we've asked them to wear it outside as well, particularly because we know when it comes to changing classes, when it comes to potential lines to entering dormitories or dining halls, there's too many opportunities we think for people to forget to maybe not social distance and be in contact when they're not wearing masks. And we wanna reduce those risks by asking people to wear a mask uh, when they're outside as well. There's exceptions if you're going out for a jog, if you're riding a bike, if there's areas where you can be isolated, then we recognize that. But in general, we expect people to be socially distancing, so six feet apart, probably the right number, and wearing a mask, and then practicing appropriate personal hygiene. And then the second thing we're asking people to do, and this is also very important, is to monitor their health. Um, one of the things we're trying to do is make sure that we provide access to tests for anybody who has a symptom or anybody who feels unwell. So if you don't feel well, if you have symptoms of COVID-19, we want to make sure you can get tested. And so that's going working through either student health or employee health and your private physician. Um, we want to make sure that you can get tested. We want to make sure you're monitoring yourself. So every day when you wake up, if you have a thermometer, taking your temperature. Every day, do you have a cough or a headache or a fever or any symptom that might suggest COVID-19? We actually have a checklist you can go through to help you do this. We want people to do this every day, both faculty, staff, and students both doing this. 
again, to make sure that you get into the health system if you have a symptom. At the same time, we're also going to do contact tracing when we discover cases on campus, and there will be cases on campus. But when we see cases on campus, we're doing contact tracing of those. And we're actually hiring some people to help supplement um, what's going on. Um, so we'll have testing available for people who are symptomatic and for contacts. Um, we're looking at surveillance testing. We've developed some uh, an internal PCR machine, a PCR-based test that we think may be useful uh, in surveillance so we can test broader um, groups of populations to do that to help us get a better handle on potential outbreaks on campus. Um, so those are some of the things um, we're doing. And it's all cemented, again, though, by personal responsibility. So we've created a campus compact that talks about our, all of our commitment to follow these rules about mask wearing and social distancing and so on. Uh, and at the same time, uh, outlines our responsibility to be uh, aligned with public health orders that come from the governor's office or from Ingham County Health. Uh, we're doing both those things to make sure, again, we keep campus safe. So by doing those things, I think what we're trying to do is this. We're trying to give people an option. So you could decide to take this semester and be completely online. So if you have all online courses, you may want to stay at home, take these courses from home. That may be a safe option for you. If you think you can learn well um, with remote learning and you can think you can learn well at home, then I'd encourage people to do that. If on the other hand, um, you don't learn so well uh, remotely, you're concerned about that, you have in-person classes you want to take, then we welcome you back to campus and we have housing for you on campus uh, with all the precautions I talked about in our dormitories that, uh, again, to release the, reduce the chance of COVID-19 transmission. We welcome you to do that as well. And so we want to give students and parents choices. We've listed, lifted the requirement for first-year students um, to have to live on campus. Um, we've done that again to give people options in terms of what they want to do going forward so they can strike that balance for them between safety and success and make sure that you have the opportunity to be successful uh, in your studies and take the courses you want. And that's really important to us. And we know it's important to our students. So that's an incredibly long answer, Russ. Um, and there's other things I could add, but I hope it gives you at least a feel for, for what we're doing on campus. It certainly does, sir. And, you know, as president in these unprecedented and uncertain times, what leadership skills have you had to call on to mobilize the campus to respond to the crisis? So I think it's very much about, you know, principled uh, leadership to the extent it can be. I, I think that's about setting some things about we, that we value and think are important as institution. When we did the return work, um, we wanted to do that in, in a principled uh, way. And so that was one of the criteria we put for our committee that uh, led by Dave Weismantle and Norm Beauchamp um, that was supposed to lead the, leading the task force to return to work was to have a set of principles and use those and guide, guide us uh, as we came up with our rules. So this principle around safety, around student success, around uh, safety, both of students, faculty and staff, safety of the community, student success. These are all the things we've been looking at as we as we do this. And I'm amazed at how of the great work people have done within those frameworks, thinking very creatively about what we can do to make things safer, um, while at the same time, uh, also what we can do to improve the quality of our instruction. So a great example is our online instruction. Um, we knew that we needed to improve in this area. So this summer, more than 650 faculty members took a course on how to improve online teaching um, because they wanted to make sure they're doing the best job possible um, when they have to teach remotely or online. So, so all these things, I think, have, have kind of come together. And so what I found is by you know, being careful to be, communicate as much as I can to everyone, to help them understand the thinking we're doing, to, again, be very inclusive in the makeup of these task forces so that many people around the campus got involved in decisions 
decision making. We had a number of briefings of shared governance as well. So I think the, being transparent, communicating, and, help, and, and planning to open in a principled way, I think, have been the key elements of, of leadership, I think, exhibited not just by me, but by everyone, I think, who's been working in the leadership role on campus. And we Spartans certainly have been fortunate, sir, with your infectious disease background helping us through this very carefully, too. But before I let you go, how do you think MSU and really higher education in general will be different after the pandemic has passed? So it's another great question, Russ. And, and I think there's a number of changes that I see. So so one is obviously in, in, in workplace. Um, you know, we have a number of people who work as support staff, as administrators. And uh, I think what we're seeing is that there's been a remarkable ability of those individuals to adapt and work productively um, remotely. And that's something that I think, uh, you know, I hadn't really anticipated that we would be successful. I think it's challenging for many of them. And I, again, appreciate the hard work they put in. Many of them have kids at home, particularly over the summer, depending on what happens with K through 12 in their neighborhoods, their children may be home again. So it's complex. It probably creates a number of stressors. But at the same time, I think it's been good for us in terms of keeping the campus de-densified and reducing risk of transmission of COVID-19, both on campus and in the region. So that's been a benefit. So I think this ability to work from home kind of changes things. I think that's one. The second is what we just talked about in terms of uh, online classes. I've always thought online classes were a potential uh, tool that we might not be using enough at Michigan State University. There's certain courses that really do uh, adapt themselves well um, for an online or a hybrid approach. There's others where I think the in-person really is, is the right way to go. And I think it's, it's hard for people sometimes to change how they teach and so I think this has opened up some people's eyes, some people's eyes to what can be done remotely. There are advantages in terms of our ability to extend a Michigan State University education to others. And I think the key thing about this is that, you know, these are not MOOCs. These are Michigan State University courses being taught by Michigan State faculty to Michigan State students as it stands in time. But it's a way in which you can reach a broader student body, potentially. It's a way we can help maybe other campuses around the state uh, in, in partnerships to really share some of the great faculty we have and some of the things they do. I think this may encourage some of that going forward. There may be more opportunity for cooperative uh, learning agreements between uh, campuses, which could be helpful. Um, and I do think um, the kind of flexibility it gives to atypical students, so students who may not be you know, the 18 to 22 age group um, is also helpful maybe in expanding the number of people who could participate in MSU. So I think those are, are, are potential positive things going forward. Um, but it also has reminded us um, how much of the campus experience is important too. So at the same time, you know, the desire of students to get back to campus remind us, I think, of how much the socialization component of this, this chance to come and meet people, the network you form, how important that is as well. And I think whatever we do, we have to make sure this reminds us, we have to make sure we really preserve that component of MSU. A lot of the unique traditions we have at MSU, and of course, the pride of being a Spartan, that comes, I think, from having walked on the campus to a large degree. So make sure that we're maintaining that, I think, is very important. Well, President Stanley, congratulations on your first year at the helm of Michigan State University and all the best in year two and beyond. Thank you, Russ. I appreciate that. And I look forward to talking again uh, when we get the chance. Uh, it's wonderful to have the chance to talk with you and to uh, communicate, hopefully, with the listeners out there on, on the amazing things that are happening at MSU. That's Michigan State University President Samuel L. Stanley, Jr., MD. And you can keep track of all he's up to at president.msu.edu. And I'm Russ White. This is MSU Today.